Anyone can obtain the juice or something. I mean, you could say that People. just because you got a nice car, so I'm like, oh man, you got the juice, you know? It's, it's something People that like kind of comes and goes. Sauce. The sauce is forever. People like games. That's fucking outstanding. What's up, what's up? And welcome to Ace Face of People like games. I'm Solo. And I'm Lilo. And it's Slice Squad in the building. And you are tuned into the best damn podcast the best damn in podcast. the game. Trademark, trademark, trademark. Pew, pew. Let's go. I was going to say we do this a lot. And rather, we've been doing this for a while. So when years, you say years, it's years. the squad of the bit, and I was like, holy shit. It's been a couple of years, baby. Bring it, bring it home. Let's go. Exactly. And as we get towards the end of season three and prepare season four and all of the good things that we do have coming, we thought we're going to switch it all up for at least an episode. So fuck it. Lilo, what you been playing this week? Oh, man. I have not played anything this week except for Harry Potter Wizards Unite. Fortunately, been super busy, and uh, that's the only thing. I get my confoundables when I can. That, that's kind of it. What about you, Sella? What you I have been playing Final Fantasy IX, which I'm actually almost done with. Shout out the 999 damage mode because I got pretty fucking tired of playing through the game. So, like, by, like, this... F- Four, I'm like, fuck it, we're making a run, and now I just kill everyone in one shot, and it's wonderful, and I'm really enjoying myself. <laughs> and Gina, now, love hey, it. we out here, and now it is time for. <laughs> that was good. A little bit of. It's a little bit of the talk, baby. Table of contents, because we switching this shit up. Guess what? In this particular episode, normally we come at you with hotcakes in the lobby, quick scope, solo something or another, Lilo's lab, and a little bit of the final lab. But uh, yeah, we got none of that this time around. This time around, Solo and I are going to be off the cuff, freestyle, like you said. Got a couple questions set up that we want to talk back and forth about. And then other than that, we're going to let the conversation take us where... It shall, and that's what's uh, wonderful about this particular type of episode because we have to have a candid conversation. Very much uh, originally, if you're a fan of the episodes way back in the day, episodes 20, 30, we talked about a round table, getting everybody on board. This is essentially the foundation of the round table. This is what we want to do. Talk about anything gaming related, you know, have a central topic and then let the conversation go naturally wherever it, it shall. So, my question to Solo. It is now time for me to talk because I know that was odd. It felt uncomfortable to not just be talking continually from the beginning and just rambling on. So in the spirit of new, I'm going to keep said plugs concise. Uh, We have some official dates for uh, the People Like Games pop-up shop, August 12th to the 26th. The hours are going to be announced on Instagram and Twitter at people like games are those handles R backslash people like games is the subreddit and you can find what you're listening to 
basically everywhere you can get podcasts. So just type in the name, that shit will pop up. And then you hit the follow button. What more? Actually, and I guess the subscribe is the word. And I suppose leave a review, but I don't give a shit if you do or not. But definitely follow us and subscribe. Anywho, now we should, I guess, have a sound cue for this. But given that we don't, we are going to do a quick lap. (laughs) There you go. Okay, okay, I get it. It's a quick lap. All right. And do you, do you want do you to begin? Want to do I want to begin? Yeah. Do you have questions lined up? Like, did you actually come up with questions? Because I have a few that I definitely wrote down. I didn't, but I don't write know. questions or anything, but I had a few things in mind. So I'll start this off. So Ooh, okay. I am Go going to talk a little bit about uh, Nintendo, which is getting sued. And the reason for that, which is interesting because. It is basically a individual. Uh, let's let's get his name so that we can be very, very specific here for you. One Ryan Davis has filed a lawsuit against Nintendo for a drifting issue that the Joy-Cons are facing. Lo and behold, this brought up the fact that a whole bunch of people are facing this shit. And so much so that... As someone who's experienced the issue, I do know it's something that can be considered real. Nintendo had to already address it, and they already responded. And one I know of the, this. You're, I know this. And one of the ways they responded were was the decision to... Dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun. Do nothing because it's Nintendo and they don't really give a shit. But then after doing nothing, they made a special button that gives you uh, a specific joystick repair option that's very prominent on the support homepage. It's a new option, but the resolution is more or less you send in your Joy-Con and then they take a look at it. And if they deem it is good for warranty, then they'll send you a refurbished one. But the case that Ryan Davis, the guy, is filing is that he went and got a refurbished one and the same thing occurred within three months. And then he went and bought a new pair of Joy-Cons and the same thing occurred within six months. And so what help is it to have you? You you literally can't play your Nintendo Switch to be able to wait for it to get fixed. And then you got to pay more money to get more Joy-Cons, which are not fucking cheap. That makes sense. Yeah, and so that finicky nature is something that's interesting to me because if other consoles are starting to hit the cloud and there is more competition sort of heating up, what good is it for Nintendo to keep acting like Nintendo was? So they're sort of acting like Sony did when it came to the cross-play versions, right? Do you think Nintendo has enough IP that it could keep fighting off the cloud and pulling off shit like this where they can bat off? They're sort of like Apple when there was Steve Jobs. When like You remember when the iPhone, I think it was the 4S, ended up having the, the if you put your finger the in the wrong... Yeah, yeah, the, the antenna, antenna issue? Yeah, the antenna issue. And he was like... Companies make mistakes. Fuck you want from us. I was like, that's pretty funny to say. That's how Nintendo has acted for a long time. Is it plausible once cloud comes out and the sort of advantage that the Switch has had, which is something we've covered, 
lateral thinking with wither technology Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, its advantage has been hey we brought back this technology that obviously the playstation had first but which didn't necessarily land with the same impact because the timing was off uh if some of those cattle it's the same thing we're talking about with China getting the ability to stream console oh, so games talking, to, you know what I mean? Gotcha. So you're, now you're talking if about you're, the PSP, and then now you're talking about China with what? <clears throat> with, with the ability to stream console games to mobile, right? That I, changes that market. So now that you add the cloud market in, what I'm saying is how long of a mark, how strong of a market position and for how long can Nintendo keep acting sort of dismissive of some of the concerns it has as these other companies start entering into a similar space. Right now, no one can hit Nintendo because where's your portable shit? But once you could start playing Xbox portably or PlayStation portably on the same rate, would you rather play Destiny 2 on an iPad size screen than to play? I, I mean, so it's, it's theoretical, but I'm just curious because I thought that might be a pretty big issue. Uh, for this. And I think they're perfectly fine, in all fairness, because have you had a problem with your Joy-Cons? Yeah. Have you, actually? Yeah. I've had an issue with my pair? Joy-Con, and I have a... Uh, it doesn't click in fully sometimes, so it sort of is quick to slide off. It doesn't have the lock-in on the right uh, Joy-Con okay. as well. So I haven't had any problems with my Joy-Cons, and I've got two pairs, so that's why like, I think ultimately they might have... They don't have a case, but I think they're going to be okay. Everyone's going to buy this Switch. Everyone's excited about the new Switch Lite and the fact that they're coming out the Switch with a better chip version. I actually saw an article today or a story coming out that said Nintendo is now going to honor all all Joy-Con repairs regardless of the warranty and whether or not it was out of warranty or not because of this issue and because of this lawsuit. So... That's the different angle that I'm taking it from this respect. I see what you're saying, where you're saying they're, they're kind of being indifferent, but I thought it's the opposite. And I don't really know what's true right now, right? I don't know what Nintendo is actually gonna do because this is just one story that's coming out on the interwebs. And I was like, oh shit, if this is the case, that's crazy. Where anyone could send in any Joy-Con, you don't need to issue proof of purchase or anything like that, and they'll repair it and send it back to you as long as you pay for shipping and that kind of stuff. Because that's been that is going to be their internal policy since they I guess know there's a problem. Nintendo's big enough and they're smart enough to take advantage of a market that others have overlooked, and therefore there will always be demand as a result. And I think that people will always be running to Nintendo. Cause man, like you said, their IP is just way too strong. That Nintendo, Mario, fucking Star Fox. X, Y, and Z IP way too strong, and we know it has been, which is why they've been able to last as long as they have. So, you tell me. I don't know. Well, I think it's just speculative. I, I, I'm on the repair thing. I still think it's a little silly of having to send your shit in, um, and then wait and make it sort of unplay- untenably or unplayable, whatever the case is. But okay. You know, can I can I switch it over to a different question? Yeah, of course, bro. It's freestyle. I don't give a shit. You, you could have stopped that conversation right after the first couple of sentences and well, been like, I I should have, I should have. Exactly. Oh, God, because this one's so much more exciting. Yo, China has anti-addiction regulations. We know it's very Big Brother-ish. Okay, we understand that 
they essentially are flexing their muscles and forcing all of their game developers within China to collaborate and corroborate with their story that gaming addiction is real and that individuals need to be censored as a result. You can't have anything that's anti, uh, you know, political party. You can't have anything that promotes addiction, promotes sex, promotes violence. Uh, you can't have any blood, that kind of stuff in all those games. This aggression will not stand, man. Pretty much, really, like seriously, pretty much. So my question is, do you think that American game developers or Western game developers are going to acquiesce to the government's demands? And if so, how do you feel about that or not? And there is an awesome, awesome story right online about how it puts everyone in a weird position because if you acquiesce to their needs, you're essentially enabling a big brother. Right, you're enabling that type of environment versus you chasing profits and like what what is morally correct. And I'm just interested to hear your take on this whole situation because we've we've covered it before. I'm just you know I want to hear a hot take. Uh, that is basically yes, they would 100% acquiesce in the quickest way possible because it is like Google who was facing their own criticisms for allowing their service to be censored in China and instead of responding to people who were like hey your company lines is don't be evil do you know what they did they just removed don't be evil <laughs> literally look it up google it <laughs> google the google thing google the like google it. thing uh, and so uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me. I think Fortnite has sort of an advantage in that realm uh, and is a good sort of template for people to use to not have as much gory violence. I think uh, I think game developers will do it, man. Uh, uh, in addition to the fact that if you want to have access to the Chinese market, which is gigantic and lucrative, you it's have to... huge. You know what I mean? Absolutely you, huge. You have to abide by Tencent and pause. And China's yep. uh, you know, rules. That's how it is. You pay you pay them the fee if you want to operate and get money, and then they basically give you back a percentage for allowing you to operate and take on everything. I respect I that. Know, man. I respect that. Uh, and so the thing is, why what way I don't think yeah no I, I don't have much to add to that not, that would not in the least surprise me uh, for that to occur right. okay yeah alright you hilarious. got another topic or can I, yes. can I rapid fire yes uh, I also want to mention that they are going to begin uh, China that is streaming NBA 2K league over in China that's going to create a pretty big market China is the second biggest market for basketball outside of America and they're very rabid and they're very too. growing. MLB. What up? Random. No, um, no, that's what I'm saying. It's random. It's so random. Yeah. Was a, this was a story I would have covered if we were doing quick scope, but MLB is starting an esports league in China and they were directly following the footsteps of NBA 2K, which I I'm surprised was funny, they so. have this not done an MLB, MLB league in Japan, to be frankly honest, instead of China. Dude, I don't know what they're China doing. Or Korea, China or oh, Korea, excuse me, Japan or uh, or Korea would be a preferable 
place in my opinion. Preferred market spot? Yeah, I agree. So it just doesn't make sense to me. That's why I thought it'd be funny to add. And they're also investing in a retro gaming thing, which not going to surprise me when all of those really popular arcade games that you loved as kids and that are like freely available on all these like emulator things become packaged into monetized arcade streaming services the same way we're seeing Netflix. Okay, so I guess my question, my next question would be now that we're seeing the office and friends leave uh netflix and go to hbo max upcoming and then nbc has their own streaming and all of these new streaming services and disney's as well are popping up that makes about a half a dozen different streaming services you'll have to subscribe to in order to get the content you want we were talking about something of this nature earlier and it might be a good opportunity for you to parlay into it but um is the subscription model right i think it's those are recent statistic that like you know 70 percent of gamers prefer the subscription model is that feeling that sort of euphoria the same that everyone felt for netflix in like 2010 when that shit was the greatest thing alive and it had the library that cannot be mm-hmm. replicated ever again because of the people's now under or studios understanding of streaming value. Right. Now in gaming, when that occurs, do you think we'll end up having to pay a ten dollar, you know, or the same different sub- subscription fees to every single publisher, or do you think it might end up just mimicking a few big things like maybe a Netflix and a Hulu? Or do you see it much more broken up by publishers instead of, say, consoles? And publishers have or, different or, or, ranges. Or like centralized markets, say Steam no, or uh, etc. Right. No, I get you. Like we talked about on this show many times about aggregators and um, <laughs> things that break up the services. So very much so as the market just as the wheel turns let's go with that as the wheel turns there's going to be aggregators people who bring all the services into one location and there's going to be people who branch out from that and offer you something different right now we're seeing the latter half where people are branching out there was xbox game pass and then all of a sudden playstation came out with its own fucking streaming service and then google stadia then amazon then every retro gaming console then nintendo with its retro game console now there's ubisoft then there's probably going to be bethesda it's very much going to be publisher and individual IP focused and those groups that create a lot of different IP. So big game studios will have that shit. They will see those. I think eventually we're going to have the three big heads and it's all going to be determined by the consoles. Personally, I think the people who have the consoles and make the best first party content are going to be the leaders in the streaming services realm where it'll eventually aggregate to Netflix and Hulu-esque versus like of the gaming world, right? I don't think Ubisoft is gonna stay alive by itself. I don't think EA Play is gonna stay alive by itself. I think Microsoft and Sony are gonna get into partnerships with one or both of them, right? And say, you're gonna put your titles on our service and we'll supplement the cost, that kind of thing. There's no way to me that gamers are gonna be willing to pay, at least forever, $15 per service per month to get access to all their favorite games. You don't even play that many games, right? I actually think there'd be a lot of starting a service, then dropping service, starting a service, dropping a service, like $15 a month here or there 
depending on what what tickles your fancy for that particular month, right? If I want to play Assassin's Creed shit all this month, we might see a shift in gamers' preferences of games per month, but I think eventually it's going to go into the consoles and uh, the console streaming services. And that's, that's just my take. I could be completely wrong on this, but there's just too many... Too many cooks in the kitchen trying to trying to pull their weight and the ones that are the best are the ones that are on the consoles personally That's what I think You, you have any different thoughts about on that? Uh, I think it'll likely end up Diverging itself into a You know a split market because that's sort of how that ends up going do you think the prices will reduce then? You think $15 a month is reasonable for every single service of every type of game? Or uh, I mean, it might not be 15 but the pricing scales. Netflix started at a certain price, and every couple of months, you're paying a dollar more until you look at your bill, and you're paying 15 a month. You okay. know, so it'll Do you think start... physical is going to die then? Yeah, you think lot, physical is going to disappear? It's the same sort of Walmart tactic, which is you underprice, or in this case... They don't even underprice. You can literally get physical games for cheaper than you can get the digital versions. Like, go walk over to your local GameStop and go, and that Nintendo Switch game that you want is probably going to be like a quarter of the price. Because it, mm-hmm. go buy Zelda Breath of Wild right now, full price on fucking Nintendo Online, but half a quarter of the price, maybe not more, at in physical. But right. by nature of going to digital only what do they do they get rid of the secondary market and therefore they decrease the lifespan of games and increase the amount of buying so that idea of balancing around i mean i mean i feel like the subscription model is the best for those in-between games that don't merit being worth $60 but are still worth maybe $30 but are priced at $60 for some reason and it'll be carried by the bigger titles etc so it'll break down eventually as publishers get big enough to launch their own services EA as an example you know what I'm saying yeah yeah I hear you once just... Disney buys Activision Blizzard, they'll launch it as its own standalone as part of HBO Max as well. Gotcha. No, I, I get what you're saying. That makes sense. I hope that's not the case. So as a gamer, as someone who doesn't want to pay for 700 different subscription services, I think eventually the laziness in me <laughs> is going to just pick one service and kind of stick with it and be like, oh, I guess I'll buy that physical if I can. If not, then uh, sucks. That's also the nature of just getting older and not having as much more time. Yeah, so it is what it is, but. Also true. Alrighty. 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 Um, Alrighty. I got another funny question that I think you might have strong opinions on. Are you ever gonna finish Rudder 2? Red Dead Redemption 2? That's a great question. I bring it up because I had a couple friends talking about like, why doesn't your podcast talk about Red Dead Redemption? I was like, that's so old. And they're like, no, it's one of the best games ever. It'd be so much fun. And also listening to that type of content brings back nostalgia or makes it nostalgic for me. And I relive the adventures. So it got me thinking about us and how we both stopped Rudder 2 at some point, Red Dead Redemption. That's what Rudder is. And uh, I don't know. I was just wondering, are you ever going to go back and finish it? And if so, why? And if not, 
Why? Uh, I I don't know, because that's a great question. Uh, because sorry, I just had to uh, get some wiring down. Correct. Um, I really love the game, but it's uh, a great question because there. For for some of our listeners who happen to be readers, and for those who aren't, go pick up a book in addition to video games. Which speaking of book review next week range david hey. epstein random range, plug range, 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 range. i'm gonna throw that right in there anyway but anyway as i was saying uh i don't know it's just so slow and boring and i want to finish it but it's just drags way too much and the inability to fast travel and just a slog, and I, I'm, not, I'm probably not going to finish it, and that's unfortunate. And then, like a very good long book, maybe I'll find myself in a time period in life where I have the ability to play the game at its pace and appreciate it. However, at the moment, I am sort of stuck. It's not right now. It's okay. not right now. I, I don't you. think that has anything to do with the game's quality other than... Then... The fact that I have to, uh, you know. Yes. Yeah, I'm just saying that I, I, there's too there's too much going on all the time for me to just sit down and get lost in a game for a couple of hours as it sort of deserves. Okay, I, I understand. Life, life finds a way, and in the sense, I'm recoining the phrase from Jurassic Park to illustrate that life finds a way to keep you busy, and gaming is one of those things. That uh, you do in your leisure time, of which not many people have, right? So, As Trevor Noah said, there are three levels of difficulty in gaming. Unemployed, full-time, part-time. Wow. It's brilliant. <clears throat> I love it. I love it. Big right, facts. Give me something. Give me something good. Give me something good. Give me something good. Uh, we got a few minutes left in our 30-minute timer. We got four minutes left. So give me something, give me I something good. Say, I, I, I want to know because question. we didn't get an opportunity to. Call of Duty Modern Warfare releasing its gameplay uh, and multiplayer uh, official launch release through uh, playing of four different streamers two-on-two two against each other. In my mind, it's very stupid. I don't understand this top-heavy Twitch shit that people are really liking. I really don't think these 10 streamers end up incorporating all of the people who would be interested in gaming. And I think they just all have an overlapping shared market of the same aged kids that are willing to spend the money. And I don't really have much to add to that, but I thought that was silly. a silly process to release it. However, my opinion is irrelevant because they are very popular and therefore that is the reason that they were given the game to showcase in that manner. But I do think this is temporary. I do not think it'll last in that manner for much longer. I think whoever is hot right now shall not be forever either. I just think this is a sort of idea of gaming marketing at the moment um but 
It's all cool because BLG is here and what up, what I woke up last year. You know we had um, are, you, are you there? Yeah. What do you, you what do you what do you have to add to that one? Anything? Do you think that was a good marketing Honestly, tactic? I think it's the appropriate marketing tactic for that one small piece of the market, and I I didn't even know about it. And if, if I'm being completely honest with you, so to me it's independent. They did something to attract those kids who are Twitch viewers to the game, and I think that's successful. So that is smart on its own but that's probably not the only thing they're going to do to showcase the game itself and just because they started there doesn't mean they end there it's not like the only thing they're going to do so ultimately it's probably the smartest move for them to make sure those viewers know what game the top twitch players are playing because they love twitch and that makes sense but i don't think it'll last i agree with you and i think if a game is good it's going to sell itself you don't need to fucking market it too much right like Quality wins out, I think, hopefully, in the long run, along with good marketing. But and that's look just at how opinion. Apex peaked. I wonder what its hey, user base hey, is now. Shit didn't peak, bro. It's it number three peak. on Twitch. Okay, it it's peak. so much fun. I don't want to hear you. What is the active player? Is there a place that we could find the active um, cumulative user base? I've literally looked, and they haven't released too much, but it is still number three on Twitch. So if you think about Twitch which is probably what Call of Duty publishers did, then uh, it's clearly still one of the top games being watched right now. And Respawn is doing something right. I still play it all the time. That's the one I would play if I had more time. Okay, see, this, this is a curious question that we should have jumped into, which I don't think we'll have the time. How much does it value a publisher if a lot of people are watching a streamer play your game, but not necessarily playing it themselves? I think it absolutely values the, publicity, the streamer. Any publicity. No, no, I'm saying the streamer, yes, sorry. But the publisher, it values for sure because those kids, when they know that the streamer isn't on, are going to go want to try to replicate those things. It's like we fucking played basketball because we saw Michael Jordan do some crazy shit and try to do that stuff, right? I, I played football because I saw an awesome pass done by Peyton Manning and I was like, holy shit, this would be awesome. Like kids want to replicate what they see and eventually they'll do that. And if they get some playing, great. That's the goal. It's not just to be great entertainment and watching. I think the kids in general, the kids, when I said the kids, I mean, people in general who watch Twitch streamers, they're also active players. I very much think that. And they only watch because there are times when you can't do anything else. If I'm riding a bus, I can't actively play Apex Legends, but I can watch someone play it. That's great. If I'm in school, sure, I can't play with the console, but I can have my phone secretly up next to my desk and blah, 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 do that. So, so it prolongs me, the life cycle of your game's interactivity. It could. I mean, that's a potential, you know. I mean, that's, I mean, not interactivity, uh, but like watching it is prolonging how long someone has your shit in front of them. Yeah, exactly. And I think more exposure is great. Yeah, for sure. No, uh, what is it? No media is bad media or what is it? No bad publicity media is, media? is bad publicity. There you go. That's the, the fucking phrase. Jesus Christ. I couldn't, I couldn't think about it, but that's just my two cents. Can yeah. I, can at, I finish up on one? Martin one Screlly about that one. He said that one. <laughs> that's true. Um, can I, uh, can I finish up with this one thing? I want to yes. hear what you have to say. Are you going to top All us right. off? My Bounce. last, yeah, exactly. Last one. Wicked. Okay. Why 
Okay, this this is relatively serious, but why are games important in our lives now? And I don't mean our lives, like you and I. Like, why do people play games? Why do you think we need to play games? Why are they important in human beings' lives? And why do you think the gaming industry is blowing up? Not even blowing up. That kind of takes a different spin on it. I mean, why, why are they important? What do you think? What, what is your two cents on that? I think that it is simple. I think that the phone has changed people's um, need for interactivity in their electronic mediums, whereas uh, that was a bit of a specialty before. You're always engaged in that manner. And like now when you watch TV, what are people doing a majority of the time? They're usually tweeting or they're texting or they have their phone in their hand simultaneously. And what does that mean? That means that there is a, you know, increase in how humans are, are interacting with that. And so now as, you know, I don't know, I guess as it becomes, uh, you know, more digital and, inter, you know, uh, entertainment becomes a more dominant central part of people's lives. I think uh, that interactivity is sort of bleeding over into, hey, instead of being on a phone call and catching up, why don't we just play a game and talk over our headset in the group chat in the game? And we are accomplishing the same thing as if I had picked up a phone and said, hey, I haven't talked to you this week. How are you doing? And we are then doing something in addition to it. And I think that interactivity might be fueled by an existential loneliness caused by the digital age, um, but that's a way darker rabbit hole to jump into that I did not want to end the show with. So now, over <laughs> to you, Lilo. What do you uh, think? I think I'm taking a different angle than what I expected you to say versus uh, yeah, what I was thinking when I posed the question, I guess you'd say. But I think gaming is important because each and every one of us has some creativity inside of us and has goals we want to accomplish and gaming is an outlet to those things. I think that gaming is important. Well, gaming is prevalent now and that's how I would respond to what you said. Gaming is prevalent because of the, the access to the technology and how ubiquitous it is. Because, like you said, cell phones and mobile gaming are the only now. The technology just allows us to have that capability at our fingertips, but that's different than what I was in Sticking with us through this this ramble bamble as we proceed on towards the end. It was something different. It was wonderful. Ye, ye, remember.